Hey everyone, welcome to the new media show. My name is Todd Cochran. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenlee, who had Skype was kicking your butt this afternoon, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that there was definitely a conflict that happened with the Windows update um, that kind of um, made some changes to the connection with Skype and it just wasn't working. So I had to reinstall Skype. Who owns which- Skype? I believe it's Microsoft. And, and you did a Microsoft update in the Microsoft update screwed up Skype. Yeah. That's, I don't know that that's a fact. See, see why I've been on, like, see why I've been on Macs now for yeah, two or well, three years. I, you know, I was a hardcore windows guy, Rob. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to, I know you were at some point, ladies and gentlemen. And I know, I, 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 I still use PCs. One's right here. Right. When, you know, and the, the, the TriCaster is a PC. Please, babies, don't break on me. You know, it's you know, it's one of those things. But I also use Macs too. But after a while, I gave up on. Well, we've talked about it a hundred times here. We'll get you. Yeah, con- we we'll get you converted at some point. Oh yes. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm 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 thinking about uh, even going deeper, moving over to uh, getting <clears throat> this new Surface Duo that came out um, here in the next year, probably, and dropping my iPhone, maybe. So, so we'll see on that. And that's an Android device. Um, well, you know, I, I have a iPhone and an Android device, mostly Android yep. for testing. But yep. anyway, you know, holy cow, you go away for the weekend. And the news is just exploding, but, you know, it's good. We got a lot to talk about today. So stuff piles up. Yeah, it does. So how was your, you have a good Labor Day? Um. <clears throat> yeah, it was, it was r- relaxing and so I can't really complain. So it was good. I, I have a confession though. Monday, I did nothing. And that's good. N O T H I N D nothing. I stayed in my house. I, I had, I was, I had shorts on, not underwear. I had shorts right. on and I watched YouTube and, uh, I did nothing. It was, it's a be- it was beautiful. Yeah. It's amazing how that works, right? Yeah, I think you have to at least take one day off. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm enthralled in a couple of YouTube series for some reason, sailing, lots of sail and I'm not a I have no desire to ever live on a sailboat, nor could I afford to live on one. But these folks that get on these catamarans and go all over the world that quite intent you know, I think in the times we live in, this is probably why we're all looking for something you know it's as our psychics are saying we need to escape but well uh, yeah i mean i think it's the fully engaged in the digital world um change that we've we've made i mean yeah. i think we've been i think uh at least half our time has been engaged engaged in the real world yeah uh up to this and now it's like the whole world revolves around doing stuff with the internet <laughs> doing this right here <laughs> you right? know and it's like you know, it's all encompassing now. So in some ways you just got to get away from that a little bit. I was watching earlier today, the IEB upfront. I don't know if you got a chance to pop into that. No, I I didn't even know they were streaming them. Yeah. Well, everything is a virtual event now. Yeah. So, you know, that's also what's cool too, is you can attend everything now. Was it well attended? Um, it didn't really give an an Uh, audience number. number, but, you know, they kind of said in various places in the production that there was, there was a lot of people watching, oh, but, okay. uh, but it, it's, I don't know what those numbers were, but 
the presentations from the various content networks um, out there uh, was impressive. I thought they did a nice job with it. You right. know, NPR, Cadence 13, Stitcher, all those folks. Um, the celebrities were rolling and rolling fast in all those, <laughs> those, those videos from Rob Lowe. And I guess Oprah is going to be on there uh-huh. and, all, and it's going on basically all afternoon. I think till like 4 PM Eastern so. celebrities and, and celebrities. We are not, you know why? Come on. You're supposed to say why Todd. Why Todd? Well, our content is not valuable enough to steal. If our, if our content was valuable enough, if, if we were in, like an Aaron Menke, where our content was valuable enough to be stolen and hijacked and put on anchor. Right. You know, we would be somebody, maybe we could go to an upfront. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's the, that's the measure of success now. Is whether that, or not your show gets your stolen. Show is stolen. Right. And ripped off. There you go. Right. So I don't know. Did you hear what happened with him? Mm, no. What happened? Oh, you. Well, no, no. I I saw the thread that he right online about how how it was happening. Yeah. You know? So again, another show hijacked, stolen, ripped off. Episode by episode, album art, title, everything. He had two listings on Spotify, and of course, it was some culprit over on started the show on Anchor. More than likely oh, yeah. to probably to try to, again, I'm assuming, I don't know, to cash in. Well, you know, that's, that's one of the, the, the downsides of these platforms getting so easy to publish, um, content yep. and to move, you know, RSS feeds. And if you make a, make it free, your, your barriers to entry are pretty low. Yeah. You know, looking cut and paste RSS feeds. So, so Aaron's yeah. a long time, well-known face in the podcasting space. Right. Right. Very well respected. Does a lot of great content. He right. has launched a show called American Shadows. It's in conjunction, I think, with iHeart. Maybe somebody. It's a pretty big, pretty big deal. They mm-hmm. spent a lot of time, a lot of money, right. uh, getting that show up online. And right. Aaron and I have had a little tweet back and forth a few times. And uh, I've said, "What did they say? You know, what did they tell you? Did they call? Did they email?" And so what happened was someone again stole his show and put it up on anchor right. like it's been happening already. Right. And he says, yes. And my, my question really was, you know, what, wh- what did you, you know, what did you hear? What was the, he says, yes, I received a call from them this weekend. I made it clear what they need to do to turn this around. Whether mm-hmm. they listen to me or not is up to them. So I, I'd love to have, you know, so I probably should have followed up with Aaron and say, you know, what, what did you make clear to them? So maybe I'll add, ask that maybe during the show today, um, he'll, he'll respond with some, some context, but. Well, I think we all know oh, the I, reason that there's a problem that exists and it's the unfettered, uh, submission process that anchor has with, uh, these listening platforms. Uh, that is quite quite different than the rest of us. But irregardless of the Apple anchor relationship, right? The simple fact that he had two listings on Spotify, right? And now two listings everywhere else. Right. And I went and looked, you know, and sure enough, 
I had two listings for his show. Right. You know, so it, it, it went out wide and far. So yeah. here's Rob, this is what I'm talking to my team about. Well, the blueberry this team. is nothing new. Let, oh, I know. Let me set this table. This has been going on for, for years. Yep. Um, it, it's just now it's, you know, it's hitting the big shows and now they're all freaked out about it. You know, yep. but this possibility has been around and I've, I've had to deal with it, um, many times over the years. So in some ways this is like, okay, here we go again. You know, this has been going on for a long time. So I'm having a discussion, internal discussion with my team. Do we put anchor in the penalty box for the directory? You know, do we, do we stop accepting shows with what, you know, do I say we can't, do I just exclude all anchor shows from the blueberry directory? That'd be unfair to a lot of podcasters over there because we take all podcasts, no matter what, in the directory. But am I at a point now where they're causing individuals like Aaron pain? Do I, do I say, okay, do I, you have to have 20 episodes on anchor before you're allowed to be in my directory? You know, so do I, do I go and put a global ban and say, we're not putting any anchor shows on Blueberry's podcast directory? Well, Todd, that, that is probably an extreme reaction to this. I, I think it's a, but what do we do? Logical thing is what, but, what it is, but they have to be held to account. If they're not going to address it publicly, what they're going to do. Yeah, but this is going on on more than just Anchor. So this has been going on for you know a long time on other hosting platforms too. So this isn't something new. It's it's whenever you make the availability of adding as many shows as you want to your account, right? And I face this at Spreaker too. Spreaker has this, you know, you come in and you buy a certain amount of audio storage. Right. And you can create as many shows as you want. And it's just as easy as cutting and pasting an RSS feed into that. And it exports all the files and dep- duplicates the RSS feed. Right. So I think what it, this is going to force us to do is to all of our platforms, the, all the listening platforms are going to have to look for duplicates based well, on other criteria other than just the RSS feed. Well, we make people authenticate if they want to claim their right. show. They have right. to authenticate right. that they, they are the owner. We don't allow them to claim a show on our directory. And well, because we, what the common trade trait see here is that these are clones, clones, these are yeah. clones of the original feed. Right. And if the, and if the listening platform is smart enough to look for duplicates, um, they should be able to pick this up. So I don't know if this was an issue on Spotify. Um, or, or not. It's an interesting question. I haven't heard anybody complain about Spotify having these duplications. I mean, or, or did you find? Well, no, there was a duplicate of Aaron's show on Spotify. Oh, on Spotify. Okay. So Spotify isn't comparing metadata. By the way, you, when you, you, when you say anchor, you're talking to Spotify now, you're not talking to anchor no more. Right. No, no. I mean, in their listening platforms, there's a distinction there, but, um, but I think it's an issue around um, the listening platforms taking a little bit more responsibility for their catalogs. So how do, how do I, as a directory determine feed A or feed B is the real video? You know, that's, that is, there lies the problem because right. what, and so 
number one. That's where the validation issue comes in. Number play. one, a majority of this will be stopped if if Apple stops the automated submissions. Now, of course, right. e even if you have an app person at Apple that's approving shows, he's not going to know unless they have some tool in their program that says, hey, this is a dupe. A title listing. I don't know if they what level they do on review of shows. Really don't. I don't know what type of safeguards they have when I submit a show manually. What they do to to yeah. double check that's not a right a copyrighted I mean, it's shows. It's unusual for a show though to completely change their feed URL. Usually it's but, a re but, but, redirect behavior. Right? But no, but that's not the point. Someone created a, an account, right? Created and actually. Posted, they didn't do an import, I don't think, of the feed. They posted each of these episodes, title, description, as new episodes. I don't think no, there I was. I think that most of the time that I've seen this happen is part, part they, of a feed cloning process. So they'll, yeah. they'll cut and paste the RSS feed that comes from Serial or from Lore or whatever podcast it is directly into their, their account. And they'll add it as a show as part of their account. Yeah. That's I, how I've seen it done. In the but when we have someone migrate to us, it's just not, th there's not, well, you know, there's a man in the middle. Yeah. And you're not going to see this happen probably on our, well, you're not going to see this happen on lip because of how we manage our, our account. Each one is a separate account right. you have to pay for. Right. Yeah. What's, Same with what, us. what's happening here is these are free. Right. Right. The, you know, that anybody can just walk in and create, right? I don't think a pirate's going to come in and pay for a hosting account. You know what I'm saying? That That's just, that's they could use a promo code to, to get a 30 day free trial, but they're going to be found before this right. is over anyway. Right. right. So, so, I, you know, it's, it's an issue. Um, but then again, nothing's to stop. Apple has no idea that unless some, if, you know, because of this automated process with anchor where those shoes just shows, I assume are just getting approved again. Maybe Apple can, I don't even know that there's a vetting process. I, I don't know. Actually, you know, I think I'm going to say I that used to submit shows to my, my account with Apple when I worked for podcast one and I, I cut and paste them into the tool and but they you had it, got but added. you had a network account, right? That's what this is, I think, is a network. Well, they don't show up underneath Anchor's network mantra. It, Anchor shows don't show up. Like Tech Podcast has its own network landing page. There's not a... Hmm. Well, that's an interesting question. It, right. So who knows how that's actually going in? Because the that tool that you're talking to, I thought they was very, very limited. And I don't even, I haven't been in that tool in over a year. So I don't know if well, it's... Well, and I was told that that tool was going to get cut down right. anyway. So I, I don't think that's how it's being accomplished. I think, I think Anchor's got some script they're running, but it, it's, it is what it is. So but, the only other way of doing it, I think is for them to have a, you know, an Apple ID account, but then that would automatically route through the review process. But this is not going to stop a rogue person from cloning a show. Unless there's a, a check that says, oh, here's a flag thrown because the title is exactly the same. What if you use one letter different? Does the flag still get thrown? Right. You know, is, is there a pause on, 
but this was a, a clone show that just got approved. Right. So, so it's a mess because then that replicates immediately throughout the entire system. And, you know, I, I know, I know you guys are listening over there. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're scratching your head a little bit, but the, yeah. the, uh, we, the slow again, if, if, and again, I don't know how they're doing this over there. To be frank with you. I have, we have no clue the onboarding process at Apple when someone submits a show. Does that well, go in or, front of, does that actually, what kind of a special deal, um, anchor has? Well, it, regardless, let's say how many thousands of uh, submissions are there, right? You know, how much time does an approver have to look at a bing, 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 you know, I, again, without knowing how they do it over there, we really can't talk fairly to it, but right. That's true. So. But still, there was a, du you know, it's again, another duplicated show replicated all the way through the, all the apps. And so meanwhile, Mark gets screwed. They spent all this money on this new show and the revenue stream got split. And maybe that person that submitted that clone show didn't make a penny, but still it's lost revenue to Mark and all the others this is happening to. Uh, yeah. The, the Aaron. Yeah. But uh, Doug yeah. says, couldn't an enterprising lawyer just file class action against Anchor slash Spotify? Well, I think it depends. That's not going to fix the technology issue. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, what we're trying to solve is is how do we keep this from happening in the future from a technology perspective? And yeah. I think that's that is a challenge. Each one of these listening platforms is going to have to take that on. Yeah. I think. And, you know, we've got some dupes in our system, but it's usually um, because someone has moved and they didn't set up a redirect or, you know, there's a few things yep. like that are going on. You know, it's, this is a fallout from making it so easy to create a podcast, move a podcast. These, and if a person isn't paying for it, then, you know, that there isn't any risk. When someone's so. moving from you to me or you to, there's a coordination that happens. Right. Because we're told on our end, here's what you got to do. And you tell them on your end, here's what's got to do. Right. And there's a email verification. You just, we just don't let, you know, someone yeah. contact us. Hey, we want to move our show. Well, you, the email address you're coming to me from is not the email address in uh, on your account. Number one, number two, um, can you validate here through your email and your RSS feed? If I can't, you know, it's so, you know, believe me, we've had, jokers come in right. and try to try to hijack shows too so yeah but there's one more example of one how the, the paid platforms are generally um resist this kind of stuff i'm not saying that we wouldn't be susceptible someone no, could no, have some, someone could have come in and create someone could have there hasn't been a strong issue that i've seen um especially if there's one podcast with each account. I think when you have one account that can have multiple podcasts and there's no additional obstacle or charge or fees associated with that, it, it, um, it tends to happen more. So it's nothing to say someone couldn't come over to either one of our platforms, pay the money right? They and, could. and create a clone. There's, it would, it, and they could submit that it's, feed to Apple just the same. 
they could. I think that they're less likely that there's not a strong history of that happening on a paid. Platform. But I'm not going to be of the. I'm not going to be so naive to think that it couldn't happen. But there's no incentive because there's no no automated monetization. Well, that's that's the other part of this. It's the automated monetization, right? It's the same issue that's existed on YouTube. This is like an exact clone to what's been going on YouTube for many years too. Mm-hmm. So people will take media from other places and put them up there and then run ads, automated ads against it. Well, Google's cracked down on that. Douglas says, do we need watermark to sign to, but the thing is the watermark still would not, I don't think would stop what, has happened no, if it's here. Cloned, if it's cloned from the original feed, it's yeah, it's, not it's stop the it. original content, original feed. That you, the, the, what you really have to do is de- determine fee, the real goal or the real solution is feed authority. Right. What is the authority feed? Feed authority. Now, how do you Who establish feed feed, feed authority? Yeah. And it's mapped only to that, sh- that right. feed URL. Right. But again, feed authority does you no good when someone clones it. Because that becomes authority for that clone. Well, the the URL typically changes. But if okay, so Rob, we take the new media show. We'll go over to Anchor. Right. Create an account. Yep. And assign the RSS feed to that to to migrate. We'll migrate the show to 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 Anchor. So we've got a whole listing of new media show on Anchor. Then we don't I do this. This exact same thing on Spreaker, you know. Then we do the then we do the three oh we don't do the three oh one redirect here. Right. And we submit the new media show to Apple, even just submit it manually. We turn off automated submissions. Yeah. So we can clone this show. So who's the authority? Who who then becomes the authority? What if what if it's got the same email address that this feed has in it now? Well, I'm just being stupid here, but it it could. It right. could. Right. So I could I could clone and dupe the show on my own here without probably take me fifteen minutes. Yeah, I did it over on Spreaker. I I duplicated the new media show over on Spreaker. Um just just to get distribution on Spreaker. Right. And, but that's and set up to pull the feed. To use that as a platform to yep. do live audio. Yep. Yeah, and so right. the feed for new media shows being pulled over there, but yet it's right. still a publishing account. Right, oh. and I I turned off the external um, feed availability um, on on that account over oh, there. Oh, I see. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't know. I guess it's something to we're gonna have to watch, and yeah, it's not just Anchor's problem. This is this could be bigger over the long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think just, I think the responsibility exists on the listening platforms to block this stuff and maybe to some degree on the publishing platforms too. I just don't know that we can a hundred percent guarantee on the listening side, unless there's some sort of common, you know, like you say, authority key or something. Right. So what'd you think of, uh, Adam Curry's launch of, uh, a new open podcast directory. Hang on one second. Uh, telling someone to go. Okay. I had a employee emergency. Oh, okay. all, right, all right. We're okay. Go ahead. 
what did, oh what did i think about adam curry's launch of podcast 2.0 yeah did you l- l- listen to his first episode of his I, podcast i did i did too now adam you're not listening but i have to have a little discussion with you on a couple of yeah. things <laughs> yeah and uh it's okay uh, it I feels under- very what can i say it feels very uh, 2004 2004 three three four right yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know if we have to say much more than that but well you know here's what it is it's so funny because with all the stuff that's been going on um it fits right into things we've been talking about on this show well it does it does but it's also a throwback to the past yeah so what adam's going to do in essence those of you that aren't informed is he's going to have an open di- open directory and he feels that hmm how should i say it that apple has become agendanized with their directory is that the proper word to say is that the right i'm not sure that there's a lot of evidence i don't think so either there's there's one incident and i that they use as an example and uh, i think it's a stretch they were kind of doing similar things a long time ago with their podcast the university area that they had or their their you know edu area of the catalog uh, where things were only available on the Apple platform. Um, so in some ways, this isn't something new that Apple's done. So um, why, you know, so just for a background, let's, let's give everyone a little history lesson here. So in the beginning of podcasting, Adam created a directory. It was built on OPML. Which was originally created by Dave Weiner. And I don't know if OPML was designed mm-hmm. by Dave Weiner well, he, he was involved in so any, perpetuating the spec. Of yeah. So anyway, long story short, it, this OPML spec was used to build a, a directory. And um, there was no API. It was just an OPML file. And But an OPML file is a similar to an RSS feed, but it's more structured. So if, for example, in an OPML file, you can have a, within an, I don't know if I want to call it an item, or within an entry, you can have a title, RSS feed. You know, you can have some certain information that's in there, and that, and that was used as a basis to build a a directory that could be segmented by country and topic right. and category, and right. really you had all these availabilities to s- subdivide and subconquer the content. And yeah, it's, it's basically built on XML. Yeah, but it's it's basically a structured. Um, file format that allows you to link other files to it and create like a tree structure, like a directory um, that, that lists RSS names of shows and RSS feeds was that was probably, and you could create different lists of, of things inside of that OPML file. And the vision that they had for many years was um, this open directory. This goes back to 2004, 2003, when this idea came out, because that's what they used in Mm -hmm. the original, iPod or app as their directory because there wasn't anything that existed before that, right? Um, Apple hadn't launched. And so in some ways this is a throwback to that time. And I think he's thinking that there needs to be a new directory of all the podcasts that is independent of Apple. Right. So 
you're right though. It was done by Userland by um by Dave Weiner. So OPM was acronym for Outline Processor Markup Language. And there are some people like Adam and some of the folks that love OPML. They love the outline. It was really cool too. I thought it was they, really cool too. It's just it's really geeky. You know? the, yeah, it is super geeky. So OPL file format is used to exchange information between applications that run in different operating systems, kind of like RSS. OPL format is again based on XML, like Rob said. And um, so, anyway, long story short, they formed an LLC. Yeah. They're going to, sounds like, crowdfund it. And they are going to have a, they've got an API and it's in progress and going to be developed. And basically, this is going to be something that is going to protect the podcasting space and be, just be open. Now, about 10 years ago, Todd was sitting around with my team and I'm like, what happens? Go back a little further to that. Cause remember we talked about this a long time ago cause I was looking at trying to do the same thing. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, we, we had built blueberry was originally a directory only. It didn't, ha- it right. had stats. So when Blueberry launched, the only product we sold, we didn't even sell, was stats. Stats, Mm -hmm. and you get to be in the directory. The directory wasn't a a way to get people to use stats. It was just, you know, this kind of this closed loose thing. It was the, you know, it was the candy at the end of the shelf. And later on, we added all the other stuff that goes on with Blueberry. But Blueberry started as a directory because originally what we call the raw voice generator was used to build a site that we called podcaster news. That was basically set up to be like what you wanted, Rob regional stuff. You know, we were, did this or yeah. regional reporting. It was 15 years before it's time. It's still probably too early for it. But anyway, long story short, we had this great directory and I said, what if someone wants to pull that directory? And Angela's like, well, we'll just add an API to it. Well, well, Todd, if you remember what, <clears throat> what what happened is I was working at Microsoft on the the the, the Zoom platform, Zoom podcasting platform, and Microsoft was balking it, <clears throat> creating a new podcast directory for Windows Phone. And so I thought I can just go out and create a new directory and have Microsoft contract with this new directory to supply it to whatever listening platform. Did you ever they call me? Plug into it. What that? I don't think you called me. I think no, no. Or we did talked we? about it. Wow. And my brain. And yeah. And and I think that cold this thought that the industry needed this directory like you wound up creating. Because I didn't wind up building it because Microsoft decided that they didn't want to get involved in podcasting again and I didn't really want to build this thing and not have a, a client for it. So and I think you started to build your complete catalog as a fallout from that. We put the Blueberry directory online in 06 at Gnome Deck. Yeah, yeah, you had a directory, but it wasn't a complete directory. It was not, and you had to submit. Right. So um, that's that's what the difference. I yeah, to you had to you had to submit. Directory. Yeah, so we and we right. would fifty, you know, thirty, forty thousand listings or whatever it was, and then at some point. And it hasn't been too long, less maybe 10 years. Yeah. We said, let's just go ahead and populate it. Let's fill it. And yep. then, and then we filled it. So 
from that point, it was just for us. And it was, again, another way to get people over to Blueberry, claim their show. And, you know, business wise, you know, I can send them an email then. And uh, then the, um, well, then we, we, were, we added the API to it. We were nervous that <clears throat> just like Adam is right. nervous, yeah, right? That, that, that Apple was going to pull the, the open APIs. I was hoping Apple would pull the open APIs because I built this thing <laughs> on the speculation that Apple might shut down the APIs. And I would be like, Hey, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, all you got to do is here's the six or seven API calls and you're good. And oh, by the way, here's the contract, <laughs> you know, and right. so that exists today. Yeah. Yeah. What a Adam is talking about here exists in your platform yeah. right now. But I'm a commercial it's entity. Not it's, it's not open. Not That's open right. Platform, right? Yeah. I'm commercial and he's saying, oh, well, in essence, he's formed an LLC. So. He's, he's on the razor's edge here in saying yeah. that he's, cause he's a company too now. So, right. but they've made these statements and I believe him and for his, yeah. you know, what he wants to do there. Um, but it is an interest. And, and I think there is room to have a master, uh, another master directory. I think it's, it's, it, maybe it will be used. Maybe it won't. Will people like Marco or will people like Pocket Cast or will those other folks tap that? Mm, I don't think so. We'll see. I think it's really interesting. I mean, how is he going to populate the initial catalog is my question. Are you going to pull it from Apple? <laughs> Everybody does. Yeah. But and he, then how is he going to keep it up to date? That's what their charter is. So that means that everybody has to submit to this, but they don't have a submissions process yet. Yeah. So, so you can see where I'm going with. Oh, this, absolutely! Right? I know. I fully understand it. Yeah. No different than what exists today. True. Right. So, right. but I not yet anyway. Not so yet we'll anyway. see. We'll see what his mass grand master plan is. But I, I think that, you know, we've been prepared. Mike said we did the full directory in 2011. So yeah, nine right. years. Yeah. So we've been prepared for this day for, since 2011. And right. I said that on the last show, Apple's never going to close the open API. I said they won't. Yep. I just, I don't believe they, if they do, I'll, what did I say? A hundred bucks? Hundred bucks goes to whoever. Yeah, whatever I, your your choice. I don't know who you're going to pay. You to, you have to pick a charity or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought the other stat that was a little bit shocking and what they shared on their podcast was that there was only fifty thousand podcasts out of the million that they had in their cat in their catalog that had an active episode in the last ninety days. Well, the number that a friend of ours has been reporting has had me scratching my head for a while too so i'm not saying you're that, about, what are you talking about daniel mm -hmm. i'm not saying what? his number isn't wrong but i don't show anywhere near that many active shows either oh as far as what daniel's showing yeah my number is so significantly different so you think it's closer to what was talked about in this podcast 
in, unless you have the only way you can truly, truly understand this, and you can do all the API calls to Apple you want, but he, unless you have your own directory built, already completely built, already right? completely built, and and operating, and, and and have have ground truth on the data, on the GUIDs, on matching episodes to all right. that stuff. It's to me three hundred thousand active shows in the last so many days seems a, well. I'm not going to tell you the number I have. It's higher than Adams, but not. I, I would think so. Yeah, but he has less shows, and he's only got a. I've got some dupes, so he's got a. He said what under a million, or just had a million listings, right? I think it was uh, one point zero eight million or something like that. I'm not sure what that means, but um yeah, just a little over a million feeds. But I also I've been I've been collecting RSS feeds for right eight years. Nine years. So So how do you get yours, Todd? Everywhere I can. I scrap Apple. I scrap I scrape Apple. We have our own scraper. I think right. there's three or four different ways we build build the list. But yeah, we pull from Apple too. To get the initial the initial load, that's where the majority of the new stuff comes in. High majority of it, probably ninety percent. So, so let's play this out. How does this? How is this going to work? Um, at some point, the only way that this catalog would be um, really equal to what Apple has, as far as the catalog is everybody submit to his platform the same time they submit to Apple, right? Let's, let me also make a statement. There's probably a reason why he's got only 1 million listings. Because here's the thing. Apple's never, directory number can never go down. It can never, it always has to be higher. You can't from a stock perspective, and I hope someone's smiling over there. You, you, you have, you cannot. Okay. So let's say that there's 1.6 million podcasts in the Apple podcast directory. Well, Todd, when was the last time that they announced the size of the catalog? <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> and let's say then they announced there's 1.4. Oh my God. The podcasting space is shrinking. Right. So they can only delete a portion of dead shows, dead feeds. They can't delete more than they add and they have to show significant. Yes. You're, there you go. Teeter totter up. Right. So. Right. I have a pretty good idea where the dead bodies are laid in the directory business <laughs> <laughs> and dead bodies being dead shows. Well, and there's been a bunch of those lately, hasn't there? And, and yes, and I'm at a point too where we've been doing a little work, a little cleanup work. And at some point in the near future, the Blueberry Podcast directory numbers are going to go down because we're cleaning up the database a little bit. And let me give you the number today. What do I have? What do I have today in my system? 
I have 1,380,875,000 podcast listings. How many of those are dead? So, so if you go to Daniel's site, what's he showing right now? Uh, you'll have to bring it up. Can't remember the name of the. I can't remember it either. Uh, let me see here if I can find it. The podcast. Um, review something. Uh, yeah, podcast. Just do Daniel J. Lewis podcast reviews and you'll get there. Someone help us with the link here in the in the chat. Oh shoot. Let's see anyway. if I can do a filter here. Oh yeah, here here it is. My podcast review. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. He's showing right now um one million four hundred and thirty thousand three hundred and forty two. One million four hundred and thirty thousand. And I'm at one million three hundred and eighty thousand. Now let me tell you how many failed RSS feeds I have. So failed today in my directory means that we can't pull them. 11,017. I got 11,000 that in the last three hours, I haven't been able to pull 11,000 feeds of the 1,300,000 and whatever my number was. So not that bad. So he's showing here um, 45.03% of all the podcasts in that catalog um, have had at least one episode in the last 90 days. 45%. I'll let him claim his number. Do you agree or disagree with that number? Disagree. Is it on the downside or the upside? His numbers were high. Why does Adam Curry and hit the Adam's no dummy? Why, why do they only have 57,000 act now? Again, did he say in the what last 30 days? What was their, what was their measurement? I don't, hmm, I think it was in the last 90 days. Oh, did I just kill my server? Which I think is a standard way of measuring that. Those are pretty much how everyone looks at that metric well i just yeah okay well we'll use in the scheme of things who cares how many active shows there are well i think a lot of podcasters care because it's uh it's really a vector of how much competition they might perceive in the market right yeah i've had a task out for angelo see if he responded my contention to a lot of podcasters is that there's not as much competition out there as they fear there is. Right. Especially as you look at individual podcast categories, right? You yeah. go in and you look at shows that are in your genre 
that you're competing against, I would go in and look and see when the last time all your competitors published an episode. Yeah. That'll give you a clearer picture on how much competition you have in your particular genre. I mean, again, back to the podcast 2.0 thing, I, I think that, you know, what he's doing is admirable and I don't care what his reasons are. Well, I think his, his stated reasons were his concern of the concept that, you know, you've been concerned about. It's the deplatforming issue. Right, right. He, he was a guest, uh, back on the, the Joe Rogan experience podcast here. I, I've heard comments that, that, that it wasn't all that great of I think, an episode. I think but, Joe was baked. Right. <laughs> to be. Right. And Adam couldn't get a word in edgewise is what I heard. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So. So. So, but anyway, that's, I, I think he's, Adam is very much a proponent of the early um, culture of podcasting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Non, non-commercial um, open yep. and accessible to everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I, Todd, have the same a little bit general feeling about it. Yeah. It's just, I think we've been living the, in the trenches of this medium longer than Adam has. Right. Um, I think some stuff Adam may be a little bit disconnected with too. Right. Hey, we don't see everything. My God. No, how can you? Oh, cannot. Our prism is limited to you know, lives in blueberry and, you know, the podcasters we talk to there, our prism doesn't go real wide because we, what are we, what are we not doing? We're not drinking beer in the hallways and staying up to three o'clock in the morning and getting all the scuttlebutt. Right. And for those of you that aren't sailors, scuttlebutt is the rumors or the right. commentary that you are off the record and, you know, all those things that right. we're told. Right. You know, and spending time with the bigger companies in the medium too. Yeah. You know, the Spotify's and the, and the stitchers and stuff like that. I mean, I was going to the meetings with those guys. The last meeting that I went to in person, uh, for the podcast Academy was in the uh, stitchers offices in, in downtown New York. So, you know, that those kind of things aren't happening anymore. No. Nope. Right. So any kind of information that we get, we garner just like you know, everybody else pretty yeah. much, except for, you know, maybe Skype or, or zoom calls or whatever that we we're, we're doing, talking with people from these platforms. Um, that's about it. Yeah. I mean, I think that the level of communication across the industry has kind of been reduced pretty dramatically. Say that again. I think that the level of overall communication oh. across the industry has been, uh, has dropped significantly no, since this COVID thing. Not only that, people are suiting up. They're not, they're, there's so much competition. Right. That they're not willing to talk too much. I mean, it used to be, we used to have these great open conversations that were pretty frank. Yeah. I think as the stakes have gotten larger, you know, the, the, the bigger investment, the, you know, the bigger the money, the bigger the stakes, people have a tendency to protect stuff a little bit more than maybe they did in the earlier days of the right. medium. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess we'll see. We'll see where this goes, but um, it can't hurt. What he's doing can't hurt. And I hope some folks get behind him and build it out. And Yeah, I think that the likely outcome of this is that 
you know, it's going to be a question that's going to come up for both of us is, is do we want to build submissions to this into our, into our publishing platform? In other words, submit to the, the directory? Correct. Oh. That's I, part of, you know, what we normally do with. Well, they haven't even talked how they're going to handle that. So right. maybe. But they are talking about um, APIs. But, but mostly for app developers. They're not talking about right. APIs for folks like us. But yeah, they didn't really be really clear about how they're going to be getting the content. For no, this. no. So, and I'd say that's probably of equally importance, equal importance to, you know, working with the apps. <clears throat> so, so and, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. And uh, I'm going to try. Uh, I've sent an invite out to Adam <clears throat> to talk about this during International Podcast Day. So we'll see if we get a response from him. If not, I'll be talking about something else. But, um, well, he's welcome to come back on this show to yeah, talk about him. Absolutely. And uh, we'll let him talk more than Rogan let him talk. And, yeah. But at the same time, you know, I think that uh, I definitely want to just have a one-on-one with Adam too. Right. You know, and, you know, and that, that way we, I can be kind of frank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I, I think, you know, a few, a few people on my team don't get it. And it's mostly the newer team members that don't understand what he, why he's doing this. And I think you and I at the core, there may be a lot of people are like, why is he doing this? Does this make any sense? And I I think if you listen to his podcast that he did with his co-host, I guess he's a web developer, Dave Jones. Um, it's, it's a very, it's very reminiscent of a podcast that happened or would have happened in 2004. Right, but, a very but 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 people don't they, they they still say why. Yeah. Here, okay. So here's right. here is uh, the mindset. So let me just run you through. I spoke at Dragon Con on Saturday, mm-hmm. and I gave my fire and brim. Huh? Did you talk about this? No, but I gave my fire and brimstone RSS in the modern era, uh, gotcha. and I talked about gatekeepers and why. There were gatekeepers in 2004, 2005, and why podcasting exploded the way it did. And why now we have modern gatekeepers that we all participate mm-hmm. in. We, we, we actively participate in Facebook, run yeah. Pandora, run Spotify. We actively participate with these gatekeepers. Right. But we also are underneath the full understanding that they can take car keys away at any time. We're guests on their platform. Right. 99% of us will never have the car keys taken away from us. They'll probably never, ever turn on podcasters back. It is, you know, again, I'm just saying, I, I'm trying to, to iterate what Adam is saying is that right. what we have here is very, very precious. And right. Adam's trying to protect the space. You and I are trying to protect the space and making sure we're getting the word out why an open ecosystem is important. So this is, and, and that's basically the essence of that presentation. Right. Of why what we have is super, super special. And all of you listening knows, if you've been listening to Rob and I for any given amount of time, you know why 
what we have here is truly unique. There's nothing. Well, I think the big, big takeaway from this for me, as I think about it with Adam, is that Adam is sensing a change happening yeah. uh, around the open nature of podcasting. And this is how, this is his instinct right. to, to react to that. Right. Right. And that is to, is to go around the, right. like you said, the gatekeeper, right. Yeah. And build something which is really at the fabric of what podcasting was all about. That's it right. was about breaking the stranglehold on gatekeepers. Yep. Um, so but, this was a non-commercial medium. But I had people in that presentation, Rob, that were like, you're, you're, you're crazy. They're never going to do this or that. Or, and I, I know I don't, I don't go in and say that everyone's yep. going to get shadow banned. I don't go in and say, you're going to be deplatformed. I don't go, but I make the case. It could happen. Well, and it has. And it has. But people are like, what you're saying is crazy. This will never happen to me. That was the response. And that, in essence, scares the crap out of me. We have to have learned YouTube demonetization. YouTube shadow banning content they don't feel looks good in front of advertisers. We've got Twitter uh, devoicing people. It it goes on and on and on. And, And the thing that gets people pissed off is when I tell them it's just not conservatives that are being, they're saying this is happening. People say, well, they, 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 they lose a sprocket in their brain when I tell well, them freedom that. Freedom of speech is not a conservative or liberal no. issue. It's the Constitution. And, 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 and it's in companies, you know, can who right. have whatever they want on their platform. So right. when I tell them that there's been people of color that have been silenced on Facebook, they're like, That's, that doesn't happen. And I'm like, how do you know it's not happening? Have you talked to anyone? that actually has had this happen. So this is the type of reaction is people don't believe that what is happening in the space today is a molded message. Companies are molding messages to put stuff in front of you that they want you to listen to or hear or see. It may not be, it may be not be completely overt, but regardless of what you think about what I just said, Rob, you may disagree with me completely, but podcasting, there's, there's nothing like, okay, freedom of press. People had a printing press back in the day and they could print a newspaper. And, and in America, when they did the freedom of press, they could print a newspaper and it not be controlled by the state. That was an incredible time. If you think about it, because if you were in Europe, there was no freedom of the speech. You could not talk bad about the king or queen off with your head, right? Go to Iran or go to China. You say something bad about the leadership, you you, you all of a sudden end up in a penal farm for the next 20 years for re-education while you're pounding rock. It still happens in the world today. So podcasting is the only medium that is not controlled by some suit. Some corporate entity, it's shape. You have people creating media, getting ad deals and all this stuff, but no other, there's no YouTube. Sure. You go out on YouTube and you can create content over there. But again, you're renting a place on YouTube until they're unhappy with you and make you go away. Podcasting is the only place today I feel that is truly protected. I think I agree with you, Todd, in concept. But in some ways, I think you could you could say that we're kind of a hybrid medium right now. 
Um, there's been enough big companies that have gotten in this medium that are playing a little bit of that, um, that old, old traditional media game with the medium. Right. But at the core, right at the core of the medium, it's an open medium. There's no question. It's, it's built on an open standard around distribution. Right. But there are gatekeepers that exist in podcasts. But my job, hundred percent open, but my job and your job of this show, no one owes us anything. I don't play a gatekeeper role in any capacity. No, I'm saying no, we, you and I are solely responsible for promoting the show and making people know where it comes from so they can come listen to it. No, we're not beholden there. We don't have, I don't care if I heart, I don't care if Apple, I don't care if anyone gives me podcasts of the week or any of that stuff. Sure. That's great. If they don't, so what? The right. simple fact is, guess what Todd and Rob have? We've got a printing press, right? right. We, we're printing out papers here and handing them out to whoever wants to listen. And hopefully we got good enough content. No one can shut this printing press off. On YouTube, you can be shut off. On Twitch, right. you can be shut off. Facebook, you can be shut off. Spotify, you can be turned off. Pandora, you can be turned off. Right. But at the core... Spotify, you can be turned off. Absolutely. But at the core... Right. And this is, you know, hate to say it, but any of you have been listening to me a few years... <laughs> And you, you, you know what I'm going to say next? Look at this little thing right here. Let me see if I can show it. There's this cool little thing on my website. It's got this little oh, web player. No, not, not the web player. We're looking at the right-hand side, Apple Podcasts, oh, Google right, Podcasts, right, right. Android. But there's a little thing here called RSS. And when I click on that, it gives me a page of stuff that, oh, my God, just makes your eyes glaze over, right? Right. This, for those of you who are watching, I'm showing the RSS feed in true text format. That is true freedom of speech right there. And it's on newmediashow.com. It's on my RSS feed. They can take me off every platform, but I'm still, Rob and I can be online. You can subscribe to the show. But you know what, Todd? This episode of this show is an example of the full spectrum of podcasts, right? It can be something that's extremely positive and it can be used in a very, I'm going to say unethical way, right? That's, that's the spectrum that we're showing here. Openness and freedom can sometimes come with a price. Oh, absolutely. So it's not. Being a free and open platform is not without risk and not without a price. So what is, what is the risk, Rob? The risk is that your, your content gets pirated. Oh, true. Or stolen. True. Or you get deplatformed from these big companies. Absolutely. Right. That's, that's the risk, but there's that's a risk for any content creator in the, in the digital market today, not just podcasting, but you know, there's this other side to it, which you're explaining here is that that is an open standard there that yep. can be dropped into any feed any reader, place. any kind of, I mean, frankly, you don't even need a feed reader. Just right. go in and 
copy and paste the uh, the enclosure tag and put it into a browser and you're listening to the content. For this show and Geek News Central, be frank with you, if someone cloned Geek News Central, would I, I'd be pissed. Yeah, I'd be pissed. But guess where my advertisement is? In the content. In the content. So in some ways... Don't care where they listen, long as they listen. Bad thing, right? I mean, (laughs) it's it's bad from the standpoint that you're not able to count that play and report it to the advertiser, but it could drive a a stronger ROI for your campaign. So we've talked about one thing or talked about the other, but it's true, you know. The and you know you has as as. Todd and Rob of the new media show, we have to protect our IP. Mm-hmm. We have to protect our content. We go see it someplace that it's not at. But I'm going to go over there and I'm going to do a DMC takedown on that content as quick as I can. Right. And, uh, you know, and, and raise Kane on this show about someone cloning the content. But in the end, someone thought it was good enough to be cloned. So that's like, wow, we've made a big time. But right. You know, at what value are they going to get from it? Well, probably not a lot from this show, but that's true. It is the plus and minus of being in an open space. But I'll take, I'll take, uh, I'll take open over signing and having to kiss somebody's beep once in a while and having to not have holidays recording and not be able to take a break. You know, what did you do? You went off and had a little break this weekend. Did we do a show? No. Do you have any pressure to do a show? No. I was like, cool, have a good time. Right. If we're signed with somebody, like they say, Rob, you can't take a vacation. You're contracted to do two shows a week. Right. You know, we're not underneath that constraint. But at the same time, Rob, how much you get paid for this show? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a swift kick in the head, I think. <laughs> That's <No. right. laughs> You know, so I'll just go back and say what Adam's doing. I fully support. He's he's going on contingency. He's going on emergency contingency. That that's what it is. He's he is in Papa Bear mode, wanting to protect the space. Yeah, that's simple because he's seeing some warning signs. Yeah, and guess what? He just went on the Joe Rogan podcast. So, is that one of those warning signs, Todd? I haven't listened to the episode yet. No, but just the fact that Joe Rogan did that deal. Oh. I like I said, I hope Joe cashed the check, and I hope he wrote in vacation days and uh, everything else that Bud didn't do. <laughs> and and Adam said on his that new podcast that he launched the the podcast 2.0 podcast was that you know his move over to Spotify leaves open you know sure an opportunity in the podcasting medium. Cause guess what? I don't think, you know, can, can we really consider Joe Rogan to be a podcaster anymore? Oh, by the way, it's the Joe Rogan show, not the Joe Rogan podcast. Right. Well, it's the Joe Rogan experience. Oh, excuse me. The Joe Rogan experience will no longer be a podcast. Oh, and I had to, I did have a little chuckle today. I got thinking about something. I was over to, you know, today's the day. If you haven't submitted to be on, uh, Amazon, this is the last yeah. day you can submit a show either through your form or your online portal form. And I don't think it really matters at this point how you submit it. Or through Lipson too. Yeah. Well, again, you know, all the, a lot of the hosts have their own submission process. But again, I 
Um, we're not about lock-in at Blueberry, so you can submit every way you want because Amazon hasn't indicated to us yet what they're going to be sending back. Right. Um, but long story short, today's your last day to submit to be part of the launch. The list of shows are going to be part of the launch, and we don't know what the launch date is. Uh, and if I did know, I couldn't tell you. Um, the uh, <laughs> the uh, uh, We honestly don't know. <laughs> yeah. So when I went over there and, and submitted my, the Geek New Central and New Media show on the Amazon form to make sure these right. two shows were going to be listed, I got to check a lot of the Audible, um, <laughs> uh, the Audible logo. Have you looked at the Audible logo lately? Um, I think I've seen it. Why don't you pull it up? <laughs> I'm going to be somewhat trouble here. And maybe I haven't noticed. And maybe I haven't noticed this in a while, but um, uh, I've got it. I've got it up in the. Uh, I've done the Google search, the Google image search. So you see the the waves above the the audible. You see the the RSS waves. Right. Well, that's coming out of a book. Right? Okay. Well, I know, but it also made me think. Okay, so let's 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 look at RSS feed. All right, right, it's it's different, but I had a little chuckle here because, you know, Audible's doing exclusive podcast. <laughs> right, it's not really a podcast. It's not a podcast. So I saw that little thing. I'm like, okay, it's supposed to be sound coming out of a out yeah, of a book. It's like a sound but, wave, right? But it also has this double connotation. It could be implied it's an RSS the RSS logo too, right? <laughs> kind of on, on its side a little bit, you know, hij- right. hijacked a little bit. Cause you, you know, you, let's go back and we'll look at a, look at an RSS feed. You know, it's again, I, I, well, let me just Google an RSS image. Oh yeah. It has the same kind yeah, of pattern. Yeah. It has the same p- pattern. So right. I just, you know, I personally did a little takeaway. I'm like, Oh, interesting what they've done there. You know, and it's a little bit of a, I know what they, maybe it wasn't ever intentional, but it almost makes the, the implication that this is like some sort of syndication feed or something like that. Yeah. At least me as a geek, that's the way I see it. I might be completely wrong. I'm sure the auto uh, designer of that logo will come back and say, no, it's because of this and that. But Audible is not a true podcast platform either. And no, has never has been. Believe me, they've, they've tried to be over the years <laughs> many <tried>. times. <laughs> right. Um, well, in that logo also, uh, maybe it's cutting edge, but I think it's purely by accident, but, um, the mobile devices are starting to look like books. So <laughs> you can, you know, with the, the surface duo and these foldable screen devices now that we're going to all have in our lives are going to start looking like books. Mike Dell just moved into a new studio and he's got a bookshelf behind his desk and he's got a Kindle on. He says, see my bookshelf, <laughs> see my collection of books, single Kindle sitting there. <laughs> I had to laugh. I'm like, I, I yeah, I'm thinking Mike, you're going to put a few books, you know, I got a full bookshelf right there. See the Kindle. Right. Right. <laughs> I got 8,450,000 books sitting on my bookshelf. I've got a few books behind me, but not, not many. They're mostly microphones. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, did you see the the data that came out of on Pod News a couple of days ago, um, talking about the 
the distribution of downloads across platforms on PodNews. I thought it was interesting. It kind of compared what PodTrack was showing against what Lipson was showing. I don't know that they listed stuff from your platform. No, we don't put there, out but, we don't put out numbers on a regular basis. Well it's it it's it's the distribution of where people are consuming stuff, right? So PodTrack was showing that Apple has about sixty one percent of the total US downloads. Mm-hmm. I don't know I believe this is just for August. And and or oh wait a minute. Uh yeah. And then uh PodTrack is showing that um Spotify has 9.4% of the U.S. downloads. No, I think it, was, it wasn't it was downloads, was it? Or did they say downloads? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, it says a U.S. download. And then... It I'd agree like with that lip, number. Lipson is showing 68.4% on Apple and 9.1% on Spotify. Yeah. We're, so, we're, Spotify is under 10% with us, too. Right. Right. And, and I think... Some of the platforms were showing as high as thirteen percent for Spotify. So I well, don't know if that is a sign that they've we, gone and gone. We've down. seen month after month, at least in just market share, but it, volume is obviously up too. So, but but it is uh, fascinating that PodTrack showing only sixty one percent on Apple, where uh, Lipson is showing sixty eight. Uh, our so our seven percent different. I think. Probably Blueberry is closer to what PodTrack is. Again, don't quote me. I haven't looked here, you know, the last month or so, but, you know, we've also seen a huge, 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 huge increase uh, by Google Podcast. And of course, we've always had a heavier lift on Android anyway, just because of our efforts around our last five or six years of trying to get people to subscribe on Android. Well, you know, I don't even see Google Podcasts on the list here. So, of of data it's well they only compared two they didn't go down the list and talk about the top 10 did they well they well they looks like number three is chrome so browser or then the next one down from that is uh stitcher and podtrack is showing a higher amount of downloads off of stitcher than what was the percentage uh it looks like uh two percent that's probably about right. If you combine Stitcher, yeah. So there's yeah. two Stitcher numbers, Android and iOS. So, right. So that's probably about right. But I thought that was interesting. So also, you have to break out whether it's Chrome Mobile or Chrome Desktop. There's ver- different versions of Chrome. So, right. you, you know, you have to be careful there on how you break that out. Yeah. And then, then other was uh 13.2 percent so that probably include you know includes google podcasts and yeah all the smaller apps but that's a pretty big chunk of other price they didn't break out more anyway i'm seeing more and more stuff on google you know when i i'm i don't know maybe i'm a prolific google site you know i i actually google stuff before i put in the main name half the time sometimes it's shorter to type the search than it is to type the domain name. And uh, I'm finding all kinds of podcasts popping up in Google search results. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's what we were hoping for, right? Yep. We would see good growth in the, 
the Google side of podcasting. And so. they, they can, can believe, you know, they're little by little, you can see they're releasing stuff little by little and it's making it right. into production. So right. time will tell on the, the whole Google play. Here's the thing. They are the, don't let anybody fool what's going on in the podcasting space because between Apple and Google, they, they technically could eat everybody's, you know, 25 times over. Um, yeah. If they want to get serious. And I know. They should I, be able to, right? Yeah. Yeah. But do they, they're trying to, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think we had some more feedback on, on Apple, but I, I have a real, real hard time complaining about Apple. Besides the anchor thing. Well, the, the honest God truth is we wouldn't be where we're at with this medium if it wasn't for Apple. So honest God's truth. We wouldn't be here without Adam Curry either. Yeah, that's true. Or Dave Weiner. Yeah. None of it. It would maybe, maybe this well, would evolve the differently, but I wouldn't well, be I think here. Dave was probably the more <laughs> critical piece because he was the one that actually came up with the, well, no, I guess. Yeah. They're both kind of equal because, because when I gather what Adam says is that he's the one that had the idea of the enclosure tag that he shared with Dave and Dave is the one that deployed it. In, well, you can never get Dave to talk way. about that, you know, and also what happens, it's just like Rob in 2004, I caught a fish this big, but in 2020, you know, all our brains do not work. I have to go back to stuff that I wrote to make sure I get a frame of reference as, you know, facts drift. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you tell the story 25 times and you tell it 25 different ways. And then, a, you know, so. Yeah, that's how tales but, evolve right. into, into yeah. lies. <laughs> so a lot of people. A lot of people um, have their own opinions on all this stuff. And but I, I, you know, I, I know why I started a podcast. I was sitting on a, in a hotel room in Waco, Texas, the Hampton Inn. I can picture the, the hotel right now. In fact, I can't stay at Hampton Inns anymore because I smell the breakfast and I want to throw up because I spent so many days in the Hampton Inns. But I started the podcast in that Hampton, this, my tech show, and in that Hampton Inn purely based upon happening upon, I don't know how, I don't, I don't even know how I found Dave Weiner and Adam Curry talking about podcasting. I don't even remember how I found it. Maybe, I really wish I would remember how I actually found that. Well, I found it because I was doing a, um, a radio show on technology and that's, that's what put me in the actual loop of it. So something triggered me to find that and make the drive across the street to get a 1395 or 1495, whatever it was, lab tech microphone, that little plastic one, you know, the real cheap one that plugged into the audio jack. Mm -hmm. And that's, wow. you know, first three, four episodes recorded on that. And then I made the trip to Dallas to buy a microphone. Uh, you know, it's just a series of events. You just, you know, it's like, you never know what's going to happen. I don't want to be melodramatic about it. but. We've got a lot of rubber under the road here. 
Right. Oh my God. And a lot less hair. <laughs> right. Been a, there's been a few years that have, you know, yeah. for both of us, we're coming up on 16 years. Yeah. I'm yeah. On um, when I issued an RSS feed for my radio show was, um, on September 15th or 16th. Yeah. I came of, in like of 2004. I came in like October is somewhere between the fourth and the ninth, something like that. I've got the date written down somewhere. And, uh, so yeah, you know, so a little bit of perspective. So when it was, so when, you know, if you think about this, let's just put a timeline on this. So, you know, Adam started building a directory and this is maybe a piece of history that needs to be talked about too. Started building a directory. He talks about the time that he talked with Steve Jobs. And Steve Jobs had already, essentially, Adam admitted it. He'd already built a directory on their own. But Steve, I guess, had said, can I use, you know, can I, they, they had a conversation that you guys can listen to Adam tell it. But from October of 2004, September, October 2004 to July of 2005, it was an incredible amount of stuff got done in that amount of time in the podcasting space. And then July of 2005, Apple announced the podcast inclusion in the, in, in iTunes and we we're off to the races. And what really happened at that point was Adam didn't need to build a directory at that point. He stopped. That was abandoned. The iPodder yeah. was largely abandoned. All those right. little projects we talked about for years, Rob, how Apple coming the space really actually stopped innovation. Yeah, they, they, they basically sent out cease and desist letters to all the companies that were using the word pod in them because of the iPod. That so, was a trademark. So, you know, there was instantly not only that, but people just gave up projects and and then we were on our merry way and happy go lucky because we were well, in the That's I what birthed the um the platform of uh Twitter today was when Apple launched the guys that created Twitter um, abandoned Odeo, which was the uh, was the biggest online uh, directory of podcasts. What right? year did Twitter launch? Two thousand seven. Uh, it's founded March twenty one, two thousand six. Okay, yeah. Well, and yeah. it took them a little bit while to get momentum. Yeah, because Odeo, right, that's right. Odeo was launched in 2005. Yeah, and they had man, man, we're talking we're going back. I don't think Odeo actually operated for very long before they kind of abandoned it cuz I think it only ran or operated for maybe 6 to 8 Is, months isn't before that, Apple launched. Isn't that funny though? You guys think about this. The founders of Twitter shifted to Twitter because of Apple. It's pretty amazing. Well, they, they tried to, um, the company I was working for at the time, um, it was a podcasting kind of online music platform that I was working for. Oh, there's in 2005 a, tried to, to buy the audio platform. There's a business insider magazine article about it. Right. Evan Williams has started called audio. It's going to be a podcasting platform. Evan asked his friend ex-Googler named Biz Stone to join him. 
When Apple launched iTunes podcasting and made audio podcasting platform irrelevant, Evan and Biz and audio employee Jack Dorsey decided to create something called Twitter. Right. And they they (laughs) basically bundled up uh, audio uh, and tried to sell it to other companies for about a million dollars. So anyway, that, you know, how many of you knew that? Right. And that the reason that they were trying to sell the audio platform technology was so they could fund the startup of Twitter and, um, let's and see also pay, pay back some of the investors that invested in creating audio. So Noah had a product called where he called a phone number and it would turn your message into MP3. That was the technology that Noah brought that turned into audio along with Charles river ventures, about a dozen other individuals, one glass, Glass's earliest investors in audio was a former Google employee named Evan Williams. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Of course, Jack Dorsey is a name that's it's autonomous with Twitter even to this day. Yep. He said, uh, in fall of 2005, the beep hit the fan. And actually, it was July of 2005 when Apple first announced iTunes would include a podcasting platform built into it. Yeah. I thought it was June. I thought it was June. Well, the Business Insider article says fall, but it wasn't fall. Okay. It was okay. Ju- July. So anyway, but anyway, to, back to the thing, uh, innovation stopped. And it was quite, uh, many of us were quite bitter about that. Yeah. You know, we really were. And, uh, you know, and in, 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 you know, mid 2005, I'm doing my own thing. I've got a, you know, got a GoDaddy advertising deal. They want to have more podcasters be, uh, advertising. That's how kind of Rob and I got hooked up because Rob came part of tech podcasts and we were all had sponsorship money. And, you know, I don't know if you took part in any of those deals or not. In fact, in those early days, you had, you had your stuff going on. Yeah. No, I was taking ads on my show. And yeah. then, um, also I was working for a, a mobile startup company back then like I mentioned earlier called Melodio yeah. and that platform um, was based, was transitioning from being a, a music platform um, for Java phones on those early pre-smartphone devices. And that was prior to Apple getting into podcasting so, to yeah. some degree, um, but not by much. It was about the same timing. But if you look at so. what, and the other side of the fence, what happened over at Libsyn is basically we are all trying to figure out how to host this media because we're jumping between shared hosting. I, I think I had up to 12. Right. You know, I had like three GoDaddy accounts, four, you know, from Bluehost, you know, different credit card right. numbers and, you know, right. kids' names and everything else to try to keep the show online. And then, you know, Libsyn launched mm-hmm. their, their first hosting platform. And yeah. And then, that company, uh, Melodio in Seattle, came very close to the, their investors behind that company. Uh, came very close to buying Lipson in in the early days in two thousand six. Boy, yeah. they made a mistake, didn't they? So anyway, <laughs> um, there's a whole story behind why that didn't happen, but I don't think we have to go there. So the the you know so really you know when when blueberry at least on my part we were just doing advertising then and then we had to have a way to measure and then we built the measurement right. platform and right yeah the the, the the we used a script 
from, uh, oh my God, how were you doing the measurement in the early days? It was from uh, Chuck. Oh my God, he's Chuck Tomasi. Oh yeah, Chuck Tomasi yeah. wrote the first parser, log parser for us to help figure out what the download numbers. Of course, there was no filtering, nothing. It was just it is raw. Yeah, raw, you know. And we were billing on that. Woo! We're we're high on the hog. We had a measurement system. <laughs> right. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, sorry. Sorry to all those advertisers, but you kept writing the checks. Oh my God. For about a year. <laughs> that was the first thing I told Angela to build. I need, I need measurement. And then, and then, then come the reality check. It's like, Hey, you know, about 80% of this is junk. We got to throw this out. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? The- it's the click play measurement, right? Yeah. What? Right. He says, oh, and there's some fraud in here, too. We got to remove what? <laughs> you know, oh, and, and we can't count that. That's that's a bot. What? <laughs> well, and that's how all this, all the, the IAB specs, or that, that's kind of where it came out of. It's it right. People discovering <laughs> duplicate requests and fraudulent requests so you know we just made this stuff up as we went we had no clue (laughs) how did we how did we get here i think about it to the day i'm like my god rob we you know we just we just and we had you know i'll be honest with you we we bundled a lot of hard work (laughs) 20 hour days if i had to do the work i did then i'd be dead you know and i complain about having a 10 hour day now Well, and we and all we had full-time jobs and I yes, had a, I had a full-time a job. I'm still in the <laughs> Navy. I was still deploying. It was crazy, yeah. you know, but, um, so going back to again, this beginning time that the only innovation that was happened was commercial. We started business, Libsyn started business. People started coming on, start companies started, you know, ours was right. pr- largely revenue based at the be- I mean, advertising based at the beginning. Libsyn was service based. If I'd have been smart, I'd have started the survey. But then I was like, oh, look at that. Look at how they're going to scale that and make that work and pay those broadband bills. Because then media delivery was, wow. I yeah, don't think. I was working on, in 2005, I was working on subscription business around podcasts. Yeah, you know. On, so. <laughs> on, on mobile phones. So, so it's that tells just, you anything. It's yeah. just, uh, you know, so all this stuff. And then, you know, Apple's still trudging away. There's no right. Android. Remember, there's no Android at this point. It doesn't exist. No. Right. <laughs> you know. Talk to PCs. Yeah. You know, right. this, this, this was a pipe dream, you know. Right. <laughs> so anyway, it was just one of those things that evolved. But now, going back to Podcast 2.0, it is. It feels like October of uh, 2004 again. Yeah, that's that, that's the feeling that I had when I was listening yeah, to me that too. podcast that Adam was doing, and that's why people that have no contacts are like, "What? Why? Right? Yeah. Why is he doing this? Why?" So maybe we've given you a little context, and you guys have been listening to the show long enough, you know where we're coming from when we say some of this stuff. Yeah. And why Adam's doing what he's doing. That's right. That's what his real 
motivation is, is he's seeing things in the market that he doesn't like. And his instinct is to open stuff up. There's a saying, let me find it. I have to find it because it's appropriate. Oh, just, no, that was dumb. All right, hang on here. Let me read the statement that is the statement that is key to all of this. Um, okay, I'll put the slide up on my screen here. See if I can get my converter to, I screwed it up by killing it here. Let's see if it'll update. Let's just do the desktop. I'm not showing anything. I'm not. Oh, I can't do that. File, Windows Server. Uh, oh, I got to do expert. Yes. So here's the, here's the, here's the statement. Oops. Rob. Uh, I'll make a statement if you need. With $16 million worth of airplanes strapped to my ass and the next generation radio content in my ears, I'd like to think I'm flying into the future. Now, why is that statement today, you think? I go on an airplane all the time and listen to content. Right. Well, that's dumb. But if you think back to the day of no iPhone. Right. And all we had was. And no on, on plane on. Oh, you uh, can listen bandwidth. to, you could right. uh, plane bandwidth. You could listen to what the, the, what American Airlines United piped into the, the radio yeah. system for you to listen to. Right. You weren't taking any media with you anywhere. No. And what this statement is really inferring about and why I have to explain this is because when this statement was made, there was no mobile internet oh my god can you imagine us having mobile internet there was no right. such thing right so well or it was very very early and right nascent right. yeah so that's why that statement is so profound is in that time frame when that statement was an intro to his stone it was a fantastic little intro um it's true. He said, I like to think I'm flying into the future because he took that with him. On-demand audio. On-demand audio. Your podcast in your pocket. Spoken word audio, not just music. That's right. right. In your pocket. Whole eight or nine episodes of someone's podcast you could listen to on that little device. At 256, how much memory does it have? 256 megabytes. That's all it would hold. Woo, we were styling. Yeah. Actually, that wouldn't hold a lot of content. <laughs> no, <laughs> maybe three episodes now, but people weren't right. encoding at 128. We were coding in 32K. Right. You or know? Sometimes less. Less, actually, yeah. Some of the, the streaming that I did back then... <laughs> For my radio show was at 16K. I got an iPod around here somewhere, but so, you know, I, I think so the perspective and, and again, I go back to something I have in one of my slides. I say, what we have is precious and people just don't realize how precious it is. I think this, I hope this audience does. I've only, we've only pounded that in their brain about 5 million times. And 
That's why Adam is having a reaction to protect it. So, what do you think? But the question gets back to Todd is, is, do we really need that specific protection right now? I think is the bigger question. Uh, no, but I'm glad he's doing. Yeah, I think it sends the right signal to people and maybe gives people a little understanding about the the reason this medium exists. A lot of people with. aren't going to understand it. They're going to think he's crazy. Yeah, that's true. They're I not. They're not going to get it. It's up to us to explain that. And I hope we've done that today. Yeah. And it may be all from you. We never need it. Well, I hope we don't. Nope. But if we do need it, I know at least we're ready. And Adam's going to be ready. And maybe a few others that have built direct are going to be ready. Because there's a few more out there, too, that are underground. the replication of that yeah you can you can certainly see it's it's the same ideology behind BitTorrent, right and rob i didn't build a directory to be a doomsday protector but i built a directory to have insurance well for say that apple api went away Uh, it's just purely an insurance policy is all it is there, there would be a lot of um, apps out there that would be like scrambling. And I'm not, I, I, yeah, I Google, you know, I laughed the other day, said, so hand you a contract. But no, it's purely insurance, you know. Right. And not that we really think that Apple's going to. Oh, I already said it. it. I don't think they're going to do that. Right. Right. But nonetheless. You buy insurance, you buy insurance for the day when the tornado comes or when the the tsunami comes or a fire or, you know, that's what what you buy insurance from. You hope you never have to call the insurance agent and say, I need a check written. You never, you buy car insurance praying you never get in a wreck, but you know, if you do. You're covered. That's right. So our director is an, an insurance policy. Yep. And Adam's building an insurance policy. I think it's pretty commendable. He, he cares. That's the thing I'm. Yeah. Cause I had definitely had the impression that he, he was kind of pulling away from being a leader in the medium. For. For, for many years and I guess this has happened since he was on our show so I don't know if we inspired him <laughs> uh, I don't know you know I don't know if we I, I don't know if we have to go back and listen to this interview again and see what we talked about but time will tell alright we're long believe yeah, it or not okay. uh, we're, we're at hour 35 you guys are entertained today. Have a good time. Number of comments on Facebook, number of comments on YouTube. Some of you are watching and not commenting. You anonymous people. (laughs) So we have grown. I did check the stats. So we're, we are, we are in 
increasing by about another thousand listeners. So, and, and, and we're also, you know, um, causing people to think about issues out there too. Just, I don't know. We probably don't have time to talk about the Twitter stream that happened, but yeah, there's all sorts of little things going on. You can, you guys can look at the Twitter stream and it was, the Twitter stream was erupted based upon one comment Rob and I had about a panelist that was less than qualified to be on a panel. We were on some time ago and, um, we got a reaction to that. So I think though our records stand pretty clear that Rob and I, I know my company is very inclusive. I have a very diverse workforce. Uh, my team members all have an active, many of them have active voice in the podcasting space and it's not all like that. So did you go look at that, uh, link that he shared? Um, about, I have, I have uh, not had time to go look at that yet. I didn't even know you, about that. I didn't either. It's called the equality in audio pack. Problem is, is there's equality in podcasting already. Why do you need a pack? Uh, it's like a statement of support. What it is. My God, that's what we've been building from the beginning is to have inclusive voices. Yeah. I don't have to sign a that's pack. That's what we've always wanted. I'll, I'll let game. my body of work be a representation of who and what we've done. Yep. Who had, who was, go, go all the way back to the beginning of the podcast award. Look at the right. categories of the podcast awards. Look, look at the group that we included and no one else even to this day has. I, I, I don't have to, I don't have to defend and I won't. But it's 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 the climate of the world that we're in right oh, now. Oh, I, I so. fully understand that. Yep. Changes afoot. No. I don't have to defend my personal record, and that's what people want you to do. They want you to become on defense. Right. So Yep. Not not I'm not gonna go on defense. I don't have to. Right. So, so. All right. All right, well let's wrap it up. <laughs> Everyone, thank you for being here. Todd at Blueberry.com, at Geek News on Twitter. I'm on Twitter as well, um, at Rob Greenley. And you can send me an email if you want to robg at Lipson.com. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys. If you have comments, uh, we'd like to hear your email or put us on blast on Twitter, I guess. (laughs) And uh, I'm not saying I'm going to debate you. I don't. That's never a win situation when we debate someone. So, because you can never say exactly the right thing. And sometimes <laughs> you can't convince somebody to change their mind. Right. Either. You can't. Yeah. And they right. believe what they want to believe. Right. So, and that's yeah. all you can do. All right. That's hey, the lesson from the world today that we live in. Right. That's yeah. uh, absolutely true. Be safe. Take care of your uh, elderly. Watch out for one another. We'll be back. Yeah. Are we back here on Saturday, Rob? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, good. Not going out for another weekend. So, okay, everyone. Uh, hey, thanks for hanging out with us. It's been a long day for me and probably all of you too. So, everyone, thanks for being here. We'll take care next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye.